as we go. Ladies and gentlemen from Colonial Heights, Virginia, and all seasons tabletop studio, it's The Undiluted Truth with Mike and Ben. Today's episode, Dr. Paul Merrick discusses Big Pharma's corruption of the medical system. Do not forget to like, subscribe, and share. Our podcast email is theundilutedtruth.podcast at gmail.com. I, I think I'm getting a little bit better at my behavior here. I, I did press record again. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Uh, okay. And it's not the solar system. It's the medical system. Corrupt, corrupt. Yeah. 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 Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Undiluted Truth. My name is Ben. And let's welcome in our host, Mike. How are you doing this afternoon, sir? Hey, great, Ben. Yeah, wonderful, wonderful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I like uh, it. You sound like you're doing great. So I, I am. I don't even. I'm, I don't even know if I need to ask you. Uh, well, you can ask. Great intro, yeah. though. Great well, intro. Thank you. Thank Very you. intriguing. Mm, yes, yes, and I look forward to the content. Yes, and very stunning statements and recollection and. I, I don't, you know, we, we overuse, expose, but uh, Paul Mar- Merrick, just what he is bringing out in this episode, yeah. I, I think if, you, if you're not sitting down, you need to sit down. And, you know, at one time, Anthony Fauci said something about wearing two masks or three masks. No, oh, no. And, and you might want to use two or three seatbelts. Oh. When you sit down to hear this, but uh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, just a, a, a sudden alert here. Hang on. Uh-oh. It looks like, yep, it is. Anthony Fauci has just left his home. Oh, really? He's out in public. Oh, no. Oh, my gosh. He's, he's been yep. spotted out. Yep. Out and about. He's not. W- w- wait a minute. He's not moving too fast. <laughs> What's that? What's he's that in his right hand? On. <laughs> <laughs> he's looks like he's looking for his driver's license. No, he's actually looking for his medical license. <laughs> I think he found it. There we go. All right. <laughs> oh boy. Thanks for that update and that warning, that yeah, alert. That was the, great. The yeah. alert system. Have you spotted Anthony Fauci lately? He's hard to mm. find. You know he wears a mask. I mean, a full face. Right. Thing. Yeah. We'll yeah. get into that maybe one day. That's that's really ugly. Oh but no. Oh, aren't you glad we can throw in a little lightheartedness yeah. before yeah. we get really serious with this? So uh, this interview is really epic. Uh, Paul Merrick from our state here in Virginia, world-renowned uh, uh, critical care doctor, mm-hmm. second most published critical care doctor in the world, 
So that's good. Yeah. He he has just and, and just to preface, and then we're going to get we're going to get on with this interview. And uh, first of all, welcome all of you rock tumblers and truth seekers. It's great to be here on this platform. Great to be here with you. This interview, if you haven't heard the first two pieces of this, is on is coming from the Highwire, and you could uh, pick that up on thehighwire.com. Great uh, source of news for us. And Dell Bigtree is, of course, doing this particular interview. Interview, but Doctor Paul America has just dropped one bomb, and that was that everything that he learned in medical school yeah. was was false, mm-hmm. was fraud. Yeah, big and and he, and he and he also followed that with he's had to unlearn everything. Yeah. To me, that's big. And he did say he also he also said that he you know his his eyes were a little bit late to open, and he mentioned that it's not just over the last three years. There's been corruption for many years. Yeah. But what has happened in the last three years with with the you know with the COVID and 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 the absolute uh, the corruption crisis that we've got in the world and this country primarily is is that. That's what really shined the light for him on the corruption, and and it became much more clear. So yeah, right, uh, and then he follows this up the 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 unlearning and so forth, and he sort of attaches uh, another bomb. Well, mm-hmm. I think so. We're yeah, going to pick it up exactly. right there uh, for our listeners and guys and gals. This is very powerful. So I would suggest really when you're listening to this, you know, some things you can listen to while you're riding down the road, but if, if you're riding down the road, you better be either by yourself or with another adult that can actually tune everything out and listen to this and take it in because this is very meaningful, very necessary, and extremely powerful. So without any further delay. All right. Ready, Ben? Yes, sir. Okay, here we go. Wow. I have to unlearn everything I've been taught because it's dominated by pharma and it's completely and utterly false and it's a fraud. I mean, most recently I've been really interested in the statin cholesterol fraud. Mm-hmm. How many people in this country take statins because there's this mistaken belief, and it's a fraud, yeah. that cholesterol and saturated fat cause heart disease? Wow. That is a Broad, mm. yeah. And it's perpetrated by big pharma because they want to sell you drugs that you take for the rest of your life. They're not interested in curing your disease. They're interested in prolonging your disease and your symptoms. We can say the same thing for SSRIs. Mm. We can say the same thing for diabetic medication. The same thing mm. for proton pump inhibitors. Yeah. So I have had to unlearn everything wow. I taught at, was taught at medical school because it's false and we have been corrupted and unfortunately most doctors just don't want to see this i I don't think they and it's it's a it's a really interesting question why don't they see the corruption why don't they see the false medicine that they're practicing maybe it's because they too scared to admit what they've been doing for the last 20 years is wrong and they just follow maybe they're just not interested Maybe they're just too believing in the medical system. I used to believe in what I read in the medical journals. 
I used to believe the New England Journal of Medicine. I thought it came from heaven. It was the absolute truth. I now know that it's false. It's fabricated. It's fraudulent. I mean, even look at the remdesivir study published in New England Journal. We know that they committed scientific misconduct. In that remdesivir study, you may not know this. No. They mm. changed the endpoint. They, what they did, Tony Fauci didn't say this in the White House. They unblinded the study halfway. It was not going to reach the predetermined endpoints. The endpoints were death and intubation and being on a ventilator. They realized the study would fail. So what did they do? They changed the endpoint to some nebulous endpoint of time to recovery. And since they knew which patients were unblinded, they discharged them early. It's a fabricated, mm. fraudulent study. Wow. Based on this, and the New England Journal knew this. So, so just to be clear so that I understand this, they essentially had a study where they were going to show we have a reduction in death and ventilators like in, in extreme yes. results. They were not having that result. They weren't showing it was doing that. So they went in, unblinded everybody, like, and, and so we did the placebo group. They got to see everything and then started moving people in and out of the study to get the result. And they couldn't say we reduced death, we, re we reduced severe um, results. Instead, they just said, we shortened the time you were in the hospital. They, they came up with some different that's arbitrary. That's exactly what they showed. Wow. If you go back and look at their fraudulent study, that's what they showed. Right. That was a manipulated endpoint. By Tony Fauci, who is in a regulatory agency that is supposed to be unbiased and simply calling it like he sees it, calling it like they see it. He is personally at the NIH involved in this study and manipulating it. And, and by the way, we were seeing similarly bad results in every other study being done around the world. The exact opposite of, of ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, where you just have this massive ocean of brilliant studies showing between 50%, 75% reductions when it comes to ivermectin in, in, in death and, and severe um, COVID. And yet the NIH finally gets involved in studies in, in the, the, um, and, and we see the opposite. Their studies are the only ones that show there's a deleterious effect. In this case, they're the only studies that show that remdesivir works. Now, I want to get to the point because this isn't your first rodeo. Uh, you, you know, found yourself in the middle of this COVID thing and perhaps it was the final straw on your career at the hospital. But there is, a, is a, I think, almost a bigger issue, which is, my understanding is the, is the leading cause of death in hospitals in, in America, or, you know, one or two, is sepsis. Di okay. I want to pause that real, real quick because he's getting into a whole nother thing, and I, I, I didn't want to get past this remdesivir right. uh, fraudulent study and, and manipulation. M most people, and, and I think it would be, you know, very inquisitive, and and maybe you would be con considered a critical thinker. But I, I think the question would be, well, why would they manipulate a study with this drug? Why would they manipulate remdesivir? You know, why why wouldn't they just let run the study and be done with it? Why you know why right? You know, and and I'm sort of being devil's advocate here, and and saying, well. Why are they slamming Anthony Fauci? He's done a lot of good work and, and, and all of this. And why are, they, why are they making these claims and so forth and so on? Right. And like, that question should be pretty, if you've been following any of this, uh, should be fairly easy to answer. So Yeah, and I, I had a 
thought on that one other podcast, and I'll I'll give my thought again. Okay, go uh, go ahead. Oh, oh, yeah. uh, yes, you are one hundred percent right. You win the prize, and the prize is you get to expose Anthony Fauci with the rest of us. And, uh, and oh, okay, uh, okay, uh, well. I probably shouldn't have said it that way, but yeah, that is overused, that, that yeah. terminology. But anyway, yes, that is exactly why. Why else would they manipulate that? Because this drug can be patented, right? and yeah. those that are invested in it, mainly Anthony Fauci, Mm-hmm. In the N- the NIH and the NAI N- N- I- NAI NAI uh, I can't I can't remember the other uh, NAID the, or something N-A- like? yeah NAI N- NIAID yeah. yeah okay oh yeah. my goodness yeah that's a that's a twist on it <laughs> yeah. but anyway yeah he he is involved in all of these medications when he's when he's putting them out, and, and we we realize that for over years he's done this, mm-hmm. you know, way right. back with uh, the, the AIDS, you know, uh, um, I don't even really know that we need to call it an epidemic because there again, you know, the proof is is out that this was manipulated as well and manufactured in labs and put out there. But he again put out these drugs mm-hmm. to be used as saving grace and the only way to get better and to heal you from whatever ails you so to speak right and that's what remdesivir is and of course then and the and the and the the new one to hit the the market is the the paxlovid but i i I didn't want to run past that because dell and him spoke briefly about all of the fraudulent testing and trials but you know that's why because they they are heavily in, in, invested in the money, and making billions off of this medication. Yeah, and, I, and I forget who uh, it was that said uh, the cost difference, because there was somebody that we had uh, some some clip we shared or somebody that we had that was saying what how much remdesivir was versus ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine. It, it's it's a massive difference. It's like difference. pennies versus, you know, thousands. Uh, uh, f- uh, yes. So, so I mean, you got these drugs that work, but there's no money in it because, well, they're, they're super cheap. Right. You know, and then you've got like vitamins, you know, like vitamin C or vitamin D that we've heard uh, most people that died had a deficiency in it, if not all. I forget what right. the exact stat was, yeah. but I mean... But but there's not as much money in vitamin D. You know, you, people can sure. go out in sunlight and get vitamin D yeah. if you're, you know, getting regular exposure to the sun and, um, you know, different things like that. So, yeah, exactly. So, there's no money in that. Yeah. So right, you could imagine someone like Dr. Paul Merrick and other doctors that really want to save people, really want to treat their patients, right, in the best way that they can get them out of the hospital or uh, treat them and, and rid them of whatever virus or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. If you could only imagine that at every turn they're being blocked by giving them the the, the medicine that is going to help them by simply people that are after 
money. Mm-hmm. You know, they're more interested in monetary gain than actually human life, and that really is what it it it, it comes down to. And that's why you can hear the frustration. So, what do these guys that are really pursuing their careers seriously and honestly? What do they face? And what things may have taken place and what other treatments out there could have been manipulated and, right. I would say shadow banned, but just absolutely quashed. Yeah, uh, yeah. And he just spoke of one. Now, let's listen. He had, uh, Dell has just asked him a question, and he mentioned the word sepsis. Right. Yes. And this is a serious, serious infection, and causes death more times than not. So let's 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 hmm. finish listening to this line of question in Doctor Merrick. This, ladies and gentlemen, is is pretty amazing. Dying of sepsis, and so many 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 people find their loved ones. This is how they've died in the hospital. Um, tell me about this, what you discovered. Um, as as a potential cure for one of the leading causes of death as we know in hospitals. So this was my introduction to the corruption. You know, I thought if you made it a, an observation which saved people's lives, that would be important. But as we'll see, people didn't like that. That goes against the narrative. So you're right. Oh, well, don't get to the ending of the story first. No, we're <laughs> not <laughs> start, start at the beginning. Yes. So you're right. You know, sepsis, which is an infection, Basically, people don't know what sepsis is. And yeah. When you have an infection which then spreads to the rest of the body, we call that sepsis. Sepsis involves about 40 million people on this planet every year. 40 million. Whoa. Of which about 10 million die. So mm. we're talking about one of the most important diseases of humanity. Yeah. And the standard treatment is to give antibiotics. And that's it. So what happened, this goes back to 2016, I had a patient in the ICU who was dying. And so, you know, as a physician, you want to do whatever you can to help that patient. That's what we meant to do. Yeah. Amen. That's what we trained to do. <laughs> That's right. That's what my South African training has led me to do. You can't just say, okay, she's going to die. You say, well, what can I do to help this patient? That's a doctor. So I had previously read a paper by Dr. Fowler on the use of vitamin C for sepsis. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to try it. What do I have to lose? Right. Mm-hmm. What do I have to lose? This is a safe medication. It's vitamin C. I mean, you, um, she's yeah. going to die. Let me give it to her. So I read up, read his paper. I contacted the pharmacy. We gave this patient intravenous vitamin C. My expectation is she wouldn't survive. When I came back the next morning, I was completely dumbstruck because she was in multi-organ failure. She was on a ventilator in renal failure. The next morning, she was off drugs that supported blood pressure. We got her off the ventilator. Her kidney function had improved. And this lady, who was certainly would have died, there's no question, walked out of the ICU three days later. No way. Whoa. So I said to wow. you, like what you just said, no way. How's that possible? So, you know, when you have an experience like that, you say, wow, that's pretty cool. I'm going to do it again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I go. did it again. And I did it again. And I did it again, and we saw the the same effect. And then, you know what, our nurses noticed, hey, you know what? And, you know, the nurses are the patient's advocates. They're there to do the best for the patient. If the nurse knows something is true, they're going to tell you. 
And the nurses were telling me, hey, what's going on here? These patients are getting out of, of presses early. So they were so used to seeing these people dying that it just became mm. obvious, like, what's going on? All of a sudden, people aren't dying of sepsis anymore. Something that we're, we're having to carry their bodies out of here. We're not carrying their bodies out anymore. What's going on? Yeah, so the nurses were my strongest advocates because they were looking after the patient. They could see this dramatic change. Our use of renal replacement therapy for people in renal failure decreased. So the nurses thought this was astonishing. So what I was actually going to do is a randomized study in which I would randomize some patients to vitamin C and some to placebo. The nurses said, no, we object. You can't do that. How can you give a patient a placebo when you actually have a treatment that can save their life? They literally were like, it would be unethical mm. for us to basically kill people to prove that this exactly. is working because we are so sure that it's working. Now, to be clear, was it just vitamin C by itself or was there yes. a, a, a protocol that... Yes, that's a good question. So what I did is I combined the vitamin C with thiamine. Uh, I chose thiamine for various reasons which may not have been valid then, but actually seems just by coincidence to be a big, a big uh, a good choice because you need thiamine for energy metabolism. Thiamine is involved in your mitochondria and making energy. And many patients are thiamine deficient. Okay, I'm just going to pause thiamine. this real quick because I don't know if it... Yeah, thiamine, hmm. T-H-I-A-M-I-N-E, thiamine. And of course, I'm going to read this because I'll, and then I'll let him continue. Also wanting to highlight powerful statement uh, coming from the experience of these nurses. They were like, no, you are not going to do any blind studies with any placebos because people are going to die. What you are doing, everyone is being healed and saved and out of the hospital, not just out of the hospital, but out of critical care, out of the ICU. Right. It's amazing. So, I mean, there's your advocates right there. And And, and they they just shut that whole idea down. Yeah, and I and I don't want to draw away from this. I just wanted to make a correlation. This is using that for good. Ethics for good, basically. Absolutely. Because in the one podcast we did a while back with about Anthony Fauci, he had used that same quote ethics clause to get out of finishing certain procedures in development. You know, right. if you see what I'm saying. So yeah. here is an example of using that the correct way. The correct way. That's right. Um, whereas Anthony Fauci was using he, this he, consistently to just get off the hook on right. he multiple stopped things. It. He, yeah, he stopped it before people. Which but, is not good. Yeah, you know. so that it would cover up the people that were actually dying. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so but I've, yeah. But yeah. that's good. So that's thiamine, good. you know, sometimes, you know, the, the listeners in coming through, you know, the, the airwaves, but T-H-I-A-M-I-N-E, thiamine, and he, he you know, he, he was explaining this a little bit. Mm-hmm. So the cocktail, if you will, now, uh, ascorbic acid was first and foremost, I mean, intravenous right. vitamin right. C, high, you know, high concentration, and hydrocortisone. So you've got hydrocortisone, ascorbic acid, and thiamine, and, and, and uh, Dr. America's going to get into that little cocktail. I want people to hear this, write it down, because people are still daily getting sepsis, and you can say, this is what I want you to give them. You mm-hmm. can find someone, because this is not going to happen at every hospital. 
and right. we're just getting into the story up front, so I want to get get right back to it. But I wanted to make sure that that was spelled out right for the listener. So, all right, here we go. I had added the thymine for another reason, but it was just fortuitous that it was a good choice. Mm. And I added corticosteroids because there's um, synergistic action between corticosteroids and vitamin C. In fact, subsequently, after, the, after we, we, we did the study, which I'll tell you about, we actually went to the lab uh, at ODU, and we actually proved in the lab, in a lab model, that vitamin C and corticosteroids were synergistic in protecting cells against bacterial toxins. Wow. wow. All right. So in this situation, mm. you're not attacked by the hospital. The hospital's pretty excited about it. Uh, we have a video discussing this massive success and your discovery. Folks, look at how this was treated in the immediate moment uh, where the hospital recognizes, oh my God, we have a hero here. Um, this is incredible, take a look at this. Her daughter found her in the bed unresponsive and she called an ambulance and that's when she went in. We had a young woman who was dying from overwhelming sepsis. She just had all kind of machines and tubes going. Maxed on on several pressers. This was a woman who was certainly going to die. So what Dr. Merrick has done is taken three readily available agents, steroid, glucocorticoid, vitamin C, and thiamine, and put them together in a special combination. A very simple yet elegant research protocol. We gave it to the patient. And it worked. We thought it had to be a fluke. But then we started having patient after patient after patient that just had these remarkable results. They would be at death's door, wow. and 12 hours later, they would be like 50% better. We literally have seen patients walk out of here we did not think would leave. Amen. Sepsis is a devastating disease, and over 250,000 patients a year die in the United States. And it's estimated over 8 million worldwide. The incidence is increasing. So obviously it's an important disease, this combination of therapy appears to cure severe sepsis and septic shock. My lab, my team and mm. I were delighted to confirm his findings. We tried vitamin C alone, nothing happened. We tried hydrocortisone alone and nothing happened. And we put them together and it completely restored the barrier function of the cell. I have been working in the field of endothelial cell biology for 30 years. And this is the first time that we see a treatment that works both in the clinic and in the lab. And obviously his sepsis is wow. under control. The accomplishments were quite inspiring. Um, significant decrease in the length of stay, significant improvement in reducing the mortality of those patients. Well, this data is preliminary data. It's not been subject to a randomized controlled study. And yet here at Norfolk General, it was deemed to be so effective with such little side effect that it was unethical not to offer this to patients here. <laughs> there you go. It's extremely Very safe good. with really no adverse effects and it has the potential to save thousands of lives. Whatever you did, it worked because my baby's still here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you gotta love that, Ben. Mm-hmm. Wow. What we're looking at right here, folks, is such an important story. This isn't even COVID. This is the leading cause of death in the world. And the idea that you potentially have the cure, a way to keep this from happening for tens of millions of people across the planet. 
Okay, hi- highlighting the number one cause of death in the world. In the world, yeah, that's over cancer. Yeah, you know, people wow. people have been screaming. Do we have a Do we have a cure for cancer? Is there a cure? A lot of people think we do. It's just not being known. Right. But I can tell you, this is close. But hey, this is a treatment that is. Arresting, reversing, healing, if you will, Mm -hmm. someone that has got the infection of sepsis that's killing more people than cancer. This is big time. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And just a a time setting, this, the findings were, were in 2017. Okay. So that's, that's sort of, that's when this was sort of hitting the news. So. All right, moving on. Uh, The leading cause of death in hospitals here in America, but Africa, India, it's incredible how many innocent people are dying here. You have a cure, and it's simple, it's cheap, it's available, and once again, I mean, we're, we're, in some ways, we're getting too used to this story, but I want you to listen to this one. You know, tear back that leather that is around your heart right now and think about how messed up this system is as we get deeper into this conversation. So, uh, Paul, when we talk about this protocol, there's a lot of people, as we know, one of the leading cause, if not the leading cause of death in hospitals. So for people who have a loved one that maybe are being rushed in the hospital, they find out that it is sepsis, and they want to recommend to the doctor, what is what is the actual protocol that they need to know? Yeah, so it's actually not complicated. I think the most important concept is early treatment. Okay. Because as we said, sepsis is very time sensitive, and you don't want to delay. So what we recommend is that you start immediately in the ED emergency department. So if you think a patient is septic and you're going to give them antibiotics, then I would start them on the protocol. And if it turns out that they don't have sepsis, well, you've lost nothing. But if you've mm-hmm. missed it, you've missed that window of opportunity. Wow. Okay. Good and I point. think that's really the message for doctors is that this is time sensitive. You don't need to do a whole host of special tests. So what, what you need to do is treat them early. And vitamin C is very simple to give the pharmacy can prepare it very simply. So what are the dosages? Yeah, so what you want to do is the vitamin C is the most important out of the whole cocktail. Mm. And you want to start this early. So you, the, the dose is 1.5 grams of vitamin C. It has to be given intravenously in a little mini bag, you know, infused over 20 minutes. Okay. And so that they can start mm-hmm. that in the emergency department or they can start that immediately in the ICU. Now, is that something every hospital has in its, like, is that around? Like, if, if I ask for vitamin C, the hospital has that? There's no reason that a hospital shouldn't have okay. intravenous uh, thank vitamin you. C. It <laughs> used to be used for intravenous nutrition, but now it's quite commonly used, and there's no reason a hospital can't get hold of intravenous vitamin C and have it on their formulary. Okay. And so they should have it available. They should have it in the emergency department. So it's timely administration is really important. One of the unanswered questions is that if treatment is delayed, do you need a higher dose? Mm -hmm. And that question I really can't answer. We need to do more studies. But what I can tell you is that if if patients come in early and they treat it early when they come to the emergency department, 1.5 1.5 grams every six hours is what works. And then okay. we combine that with thiamine, 200 milligrams intravenously, 
every every 12 hours. Mm. And the thiamine, I originally added it because I thought it would limit so-called toxicity of vitamin C, mm -hmm. but that was somewhat erroneous. And uh, thiamine is very good for sepsis. Okay. Wow. And then the, the third piece is hydrocortisone. This is a corticosteroid, which is often used for sepsis. It downregulates the inflammation. It works very well with vitamin C. And so the dose is 50 milligrams every six hours. So this is not a complicated protocol. Okay. Sounds pretty um, simple. So, you know, together with antibiotics. So, you know, you give early antibiotics, which is the key to treatment, together with early institution of this protocol. And, you know, I think it's not complicated. It's very safe. It's easy to administer. And, you know, it, it should become more widely available. Because, you know, as we said, sepsis is a deadly disease. Mm -hmm. And you want to do what you can uh, as quickly as you can. And why wait for the disease to progress? You know, rather treat it early before it's progressed. Very good. Mm -hmm. Well, we're going to pause it right there. And I think what we take away from this particular episode right here is this man has come up with something that, and you heard from that, that, that short clip, those were primarily other doctors and, and uh, professionals that were just blown away that they right. have found yeah. a cure for sepsis. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not necessarily cancer, but doggone, if it's killing more people, we need to be really digging and looking into this. And go figure, Ben, that the main and, and probably most important, now, I mean, he mentioned, you know, three along with a antibiotic. Right. But right. he said that, that, that what you need to do is as soon as you get into the emergency department, go start the vitamin C right away. And mm -hmm. he, he said that's the most important. That is, it sounds like the foundation of that cocktail. Right, yeah. And where, where do we get vitamin C? Hmm. I mean, is that a natural substance? I believe it I is. I mean, isn't that like in stuff like grapefruit and oranges and mm -hmm. certain yes. other fruits and... Yes, and, absolutely. You know, so basically we could say this was God-given yeah. right here for us, and it just took some guys that had, first of all, had the will to, mm -hmm. to do it and want to help people, and of course, you know, had the thinking, and, and he even said the first time he tried, he said, what the heck? He said, we'll try. He remembered something that he had read, mm -hmm. and he's going to try it, and, and my goodness, here we go. And I, I believe that God was honoring the, the purity of, of his heart, wanting to help people, and he used this man right. To, right. to create this cocktail. And my, you know, I call and, and the atten uh, attention that I want to draw from this to everyone listening is, you could wake up tomorrow or get a phone call tonight that a good friend of a family or whatever has sepsis. Well, I would recommend you save this particular episode and mm -hmm. and and write these things down and get to a a critical care individual as soon as you possibly can because there is no reason in the world at this 
late hour from this date that this took place and and when they found this all around the world this should be a protocol being used everywhere so i mean you know unfortunately today ladies and gentlemen we have to be our own advocates and of course maybe in some hospitals they go wow we've lost customers they're leaving the hospital healthy and that unfortunately is a sad reality Uh uh-huh and yep and but i that I think is the takeaway here. Yeah, this man has you know, and, and we'll get more into this. And what we will see is how the the medical system, the medical professionals, how they reacted to this. Okay. Yeah, I I did have one quick question. I don't want to detract too much. Um, my question is: once those people got this protocol and left the hospital because I don't know that much about septus other than what was just said, honestly. Um, are they, are people that quote, get cured from the septus and go home, are they susceptible to having septus again? Do you know? Or it's kind of like a, a one-time thing. It's spreading. But if we get rid of this infection, you know, you're good unless you get infected somehow and it starts spreading again. That's that's my understanding. It's just okay. it's just like any other infection. And I was okay. looking at gotcha. at the you know So this the, is just like a chronic infection kind of thing. Yes. Like you've had it for some reason it didn't go away. You didn't get rid of it, it and it just is progressing in your body. Sure. Okay. And gotcha. and and of course I'm not sure if he gets into it. My thing and of course, you know, there's some research that we can do and bring it out in the next episode, but 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 my question was very similar to what your question is, is mm-hmm. what is one of the main causes or what are some of the main causes of sepsis we know yeah, it's an infection yeah. but, but and right. i know that there's times that uh that you have internal issues and right. and maybe yeah. and maybe some corrections but this you know and, and but the infection starts spreading through the body i mean that's what we know that's what it is but what is the main cause you know yeah and and it flags some other questions that I don't want to take up too much time with, but the one lady that he was talking about that had, I don't know if she actually had kidney disease, but she had, she was having kidney failure and all this other stuff. And they started giving her protocol three days later. She walks out. Yeah. And And he didn't mention that. And her body functions started regain her kidneys regain. I'm like, okay, so is this my, my question kind of, leading into my question uh is is this just for septus or could this work for like kidney failure type of things could this same protocol work for something like that if she was starting to have that now again it could have been just because of the septus that that was happening but i'm just curious you know it piqued my interest in that regard so i i think it and all of those are good questions and and i think the what what I understand is, you know, of course, in that situation, the sepsis caused the kidney right. failure. Right. But exactly. but but you're right. It turned around, and and when I was looking at the protocol, because I had the ability to see it on the screen, it was, it was being put up. <laughs> yeah. But it was all uh, all of them were. This this was prescribed so many hours, you know, or you know, twice every six hours, right. yeah, uh, yeah. once every right. four hours, sort of thing. And then it, it it said up to four days. After four days taking it, my understanding, you're good. 
Hmm. The, the, the infection has been healed. Boom. Everything's functioning. And keep in mind, you know, the body's trying to fight this stuff off anyway, and you're just sort of getting in there, helping it do it, do its thing, right? Uh, and stopping this, and the body is going to continue to okay, because how do we fight off infections anyway? It's that's our immune system typically. Yeah, you know. Yeah. But until you get some severe stuff, and it, mm-hmm. it starts spreading everywhere internally into the organs, so it's it's like. Okay, right. It's yeah, like yeah. when you get this stuff in your blood just traveling everywhere. Mm-hmm. Now, now you've got some 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 serious right. problems. So, yeah. I'm hoping that we can get, you know, get uh, a little bit deeper into this, but this I, is just amazing, you know, and yeah. this is just one guy that you know has a passion for for human life. It's, it's it's amazing. Yeah, and I just wanted to clear up one more thing for those people listening that don't know, ODU is Old Dominion University here in Virginia. That's correct, yeah, yeah. and, and the, the area that he was uh, working. Out towards so, Norfolk. Co- I don't co- remember yeah. exactly where it is, but it's over there in Norfolk area. Yes, it's yeah. it's between like Norfolk and Williamsburg area. Is it like Hampton, yeah, the, Fort the, Smith, all, something like that? But it's over yeah, in that yeah, area. Yeah, so. Around here they call it the Tidewater area. Right, you know, so. but if you search Old Dominion University, Old Dominion you University, will find I'm sure that yes. you – course now unfortunately if you you if you search uh, dr paul merrick they'll probably make him out to be mm. uh, some fraud and and you know uh, who knows who knows what you might find but True. you're getting the real undiluted truth here and you're being injected full force that's right yeah that's so our tune cocktail. in next time on the undiluted truth for the rest as uh, paul harvey would say the rest of the story all right uh, so all right, Ben. Let's uh, uh, hate, almost hate to pause here, but we, you know, <laughs> yeah, we've got to do what we have to do. So let's uh, let's go to our Father uh, in prayer as we close. Father in heaven, Lord, we want to just take this this second, these few moments to thank you for Doctor Paul Merrick and all of the lives that he saved and is still saving, and the fact that he took it upon himself to do the right thing through his passion, and that is to save lives doing, you know, doing medicine, if you will. And Father, we just thank you for him. We we ask for special blessings upon him and his family. Uh, all of those listening, we thank you for them. We thank you for this platform that we can get the absolute undiluted truth out to you. And Father, be we pray that your presence be felt on those that are currently ill. And Father, we know that out there somewhere there is someone that needs this treatment. We pray your holy angels will be dispatched, find them, seek them out, and may our listeners help to spread the word of life and truth. And we thank you again for this opportunity. Father, we, as always, as we part ways, we thank you for the many blessings that you've given us and that every intent of our thought be pure. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for tuning in. Remember to join us again every Tuesday and Thursday on The Undiluted Truth. And remember, rock tumblers, with all of your might, 
continue to diligently seek truth. God bless.